Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Live from Pawnee. This week, we're going to talk about episode three from season two, Beauty Pageant. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing tonight? Hi, Alan. I'm delightful. And you? That's an opinion, not necessarily a statement of fact. Yeah, okay. It's your opinion. But I'm delightful as well. I would agree with that. Thanks. For, thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. Well, Mark, I'm looking forward to talking about Beauty Pageant. How about you? I definitely am. This was uh, this was a very interesting and enjoyable episode. So I, I think we should just launch right into it. Let's do it. All right. Well, this episode was written by Katie Dipold and was directed by Jason Walliner. Now, I looked both these folks up and here's something interesting. So Jason has directed three episodes. Okay, not too bad, right? How many episodes? And if you if you looked and now you, then you're cheating, but how, I want you to guess. Oh, good, you didn't look. All right. No. How many episodes do you think Katie has written of this show? Um, five. Thirty-one. Oh, I was. I thought you meant like to date, like where we are in the program. Otherwise, I would have said like two hundred. <laughs> that that that's pretty impressive. Thirty-one is pretty impressive, no matter how you look at it or when yeah. you start counting. Yeah, I know. So I, uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, pretty interesting. We'll we'll have to feature, see, you know, get in her DMs and see if we can get her on the show. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good idea. All right, Mark, you're going to walk us through the cold open? Yes, sir, I am. All right. Well, we had the cold open starting uh, with the gang in the office at City Hall. And Leslie says good morning to everybody. And she has a couple of announcements. Number one. With Ron recovering from hernia surgery, she got him daffodils and asks a pitch-in of $90 each because she ordered way too many online. And she may or may not have been drinking uh, wine at the time. And announcement number two is she's leaving early to be a judge in the Miss Pawnee beauty pageant. Tom whines that he wants to be a judge and April can't believe Leslie likes beauty pageants. Well, Leslie reminds her that Miss Pawnee will be the representative of womanhood in their town. And as a judge, she assures her that the winner will be chosen for her talent and poise. Now, this last statement gets Tom's attention (laughs) as he thinks Leslie is making a reference to the girls from talent and poise, Poise. a strip club by the VA hospital where he um, occasionally has. He's had some meetings there. Yeah, yeah. He, let's call them meetings. Sure, that's he's he's had meetings. Uh, Leslie declares his statement disgusting, to which Tom says, "No, what is disgusting is the glitter factory." And then he looks directly at the camera and points, yeah. "Do not go to the glitter factory," which just leaves your imagination as to like what would gross out Tom so much he would say cease and desist. You know. I don't know. I love that because it, it made me laugh. And clearly I was watching Jim O'Hare in the scene he plays Jerry and he was laughing. I, I wasn't even trying to hide it. I think Retta, on the other hand, um, was trying to hide it. She was strategically sipping coffee. So I, I think so she would not break. Cover but, her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. They, they had clearly had some some trouble getting those lines out. That was pretty That's funny. funny. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to the synopsis? Yes, sir. Let's do that. Um I thought this was an interesting one. You know, one of the first things whenever I try to uh, craft a, a synopsis, um, as we like to call it here. At, uh, Isn't that multiple synopsis? No, that's synopsi. I don't speak uh, Latin, uh, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's synopsis. It, wait, enough. hold on. Constantine, is that right? Yeah, 
Oh, okay. God, I thought we fired him. No, you, I, look, I told him as per your request that he's a suck up and he just like, <laughs> I right. gave him five bucks. Yeah, I, you know, look, all I have to do is bring in some uh, some uh, Dale uh, Krispy Kremes and he's- There you uh, go. Yep. Yep. Anyway, um, these synopses, Alan, I, I, I the first thing I try to do is kind of break down, well, how many stories really are there? And sometimes it's, we've talked about this, they're pretty good at intertwining some stories. So sometimes it's hard to separate them into A stories or B stories. And sometimes, sometimes it's just one continuous one. Yep. This one, I actually have an A, a B and a C story. Oh, you got a C. All right, let's hear this. I, I think so. I, I kind of vacillated back and forth, but I think I can make a case for a C story because right. the way I look at it is if I can take any one of these stories and completely eliminate it, do the other stories stand on their own? And I think they do. Okay. So that's fair. So to have somebody, so I, I you clearly, I believe, and we'll see this, you have a key character in two of the three stories. Well, technically all three of them. Well, no, two of the three. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think that is necessary in order for that to happen, but I agree with you in that case, then it's three. Yep. So, so anyway, so yeah, so the A story is, uh, as is no surprise. So academic as they say. (laughs) Is it ever? Um, The A story is the beauty pageant. And um, so the synopsis I I wrote for that is, you know, although she's disgusted with the, actually I, I wrote it. I got a lot of it from Wikipedia. I I love that place. Um, (laughs) Although she's disgusted with the concept of a beauty contest, April enters the pageant for a shot at the, what we learn is a $600 prize. She tries unsuccessfully to gain an advantage by uh, sucking up to Leslie. Tom is excited at the prospect of, of at the perspective of judging women by their looks and manages to call in some favors to get a spot on the judging panel with Leslie. At the pageant, Leslie favors Susan, a student and children's hospital volunteer, because she wants Miss Pawnee to be, you know, dignified and graceful and have talent and poise, you know. Um, <laughs> not work the, there. The, no, no, not work there. That's for the other one. Um the, speaking of which, the other judges favor Trish, an attractive but shallow, vapid, and unintelligent woman. Um, Tom loves Trish, <laughs> wow. even when she answers Leslie's question about how we as citizens can improve on the great experiment oh, by God. making fluffy remarks about America and expressing a distaste for immigrants. Yeah, <laughs> it turned dark. It, Yeah, but you know what? I embrace the darkness. It was so freaking funny. Um, So the the whole time at the pageant, Alan, April puts on an act by pretending to be a shallow beauty contestant, but she instantly quits when she learns that the $600 prize actually consists of gift certificates for a fence company. After the contest, Tom and the other judges all immediately agree Trish should win, but Leslie insists on further discussion and deliberation. She pushes for Susan to win, but... The judges ultimately settle on Trish. And as the pageant ends, Leslie makes a speech congratulating Susan anyway and claiming that the Susans of the world will carry on even when they lose to the Trishes of the world. And that's kind of had it where I had that A story ending. Okay, that's the A story. All right. Now, the B story I had as the, uh, you know, I'm not really good at geometry, Alan, but this Mark, <laughs> Ann, and Andy, uh, I guess yeah. it'd be a triangle, whatever sort of pen- pentatangle this is. A... I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. Let's let's call know. it a pyramid. Pyramid scheme. There you go. <laughs> so Mark, Ann, and Andy, and the uh, second date. 
Anne offers to cook Mark a cheap meal if he'll fix her broken shower. Mark accepts what he calls the weirdest second date ever. Uh, That night, the date goes well until Anne takes her trash outside and finds Andy spying on her from the pit where he is now living. Um, (laughs) Back inside, Anne complains to Andy uh, about Andy to Mark, who thinks that they should actually invite Andy inside when it starts to rain. Anne reluctantly agrees, and Andy spends the rest of the night interrupting their conversations and spoiling romantic moments. After dinner, Anne kicks him out, but Andy remains convinced the night went very well for him. (laughs) And that's kind of where I have that story ending. All right. That makes total sense. So now, the sea story, uh, Leslie and Officer Dave. So before the pageant, Officer Dave Sanderson visits Leslie at work, pretending to be interested in murals, hashtag, when he really wants to ask her out. When he musters up the courage to ask her on a date, she initially accepts. However, Dave mistakes a photo of Madeline Albright for Leslie's grandmother, and Leslie becomes reluctant and distant. At the end of the pageant, so this is skipping quite a bit now, at the end of the pageant, Officer Dave once again approaches Leslie and asks her for clarification on the date. And when she hesitates and offers excuses, he tells her, you know, look, he likes her, he doesn't play games, and she should call him if she changes her mind. And he gives her his business card, I think. As Dave leaves, he bumps into Trish, who he pushes past without much notice, like, hey, coming through there, buddy, which I really liked. Um, That was great. Leslie clearly likes this. I mean, especially since she doesn't like Trish very much that that he didn't pay her much, much. Never mind. Um, Leslie calls officer Dave to her office the next day to set up a date. Uh, Officer Dave shows off his sudden knowledge of the female politicians in her photographs, finally admitting with a grin that he studied up because he wanted to impress her next time he saw her. Very sweet. Yep. There you go. All right. Nice summary. That's that's great. So we've got three interweaving storylines. And uh, this is another one of those where, you know, it's, it's pretty entertaining to see them jump back and forth. So we'll see how that goes. Yes, agreed. All right. All right. Well, so at this point, should we talk about our AKAs? Yes, let's talk about our AKAs. Let's do it. I'm going first. Okay, here we go. So <laughs> you like that? You want to debate that? No, no, no. no I'm going I, first. Let's do no, this thing. Go for it. Okay, so here I had two, Mark, and and it it was tough to choose between them, so I just didn't. I'm going to have Uh two this week. Okay. Because you can make up the rules, so can I. I I don't, I didn't, this, Constantine, did he clear this with you? (laughs) So I don't know, but okay, you know what, go ahead. I don't take orders from the intern. I mean, not anymore. (laughs) <laughs> all right that that's fair what what are your two aka's all right my first one is is april um april inspired she's clearly awkward in this pageant she's once the the 600 bucks and she doesn't really have much to say about herself because she's not used to saying things about herself but the best thing she said was i'm april and i'm 20 and i like people places and things Yes, with a hand and, uh, wave. With yeah. the hand wave, yes, the big, yeah. the big sweeping hand wave. Uh, yep. Auditioning for the Vanna White role, yes. Exactly. And my second AKA, and again, I, I like them both equally, so that's why I'm doing two. Uh, Andy, we'll, we'll talk about the pit scene in a minute. He's clearly living in the pit, and he's obviously been lying to Anne, and she catches him in the lie, and he said, look, are we going to talk about anything other than the lies I've been telling you? That's a good one. I almost chose that as my AKA. Yeah. Well so, done, sir. Yeah. I, I think if I had to choose between the two, I'm going with the second one. All right. All right. Pretty good. Um, what do you got? Well, 
I, you know, I, I was searching through the episode for something that spoke to me, and and I realized that the line that grabbed me was actually in the cold open. It was in the very beginning, and I like this AKA because, in a sense, it's not just a funny one-off line that has to do just with the scene that it's in. It's a line that actually kind of has to do with the general theme of the episode. So okay. the, the the line is when is this is about the glitter factory. <laughs> it's it's right before that. Um, when when Tom, it is from Tom though. When he learns that Leslie's a judge, you know the the intent is for the scene to have him whining, like, "Well, gosh, you know, I want to be a judge." And I think Aziz Ansari did a great job of delivering this one quick little line, where he's like, "Well, I want to be a judge." <laughs> it just cracks me up every single time I hear it. So that's what I have written down. I have, but I want, but I want to be a judge with like seven U's. So seven that's my years. AKA. You know, uh, I, I love it. First of all, that's, that's a great selection. And I love that. I don't know if it's a first necessarily, which we'll, we'll just transition into, right? Our first in our tropes uh, segment. But um, Aziz um, has come up with this way of, of saying words with like extra U's and it's always U's like puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Can I pet your puppy? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah. I like it. What other first did you see? Uh, let's see. Well, I had mentioned or tropes, right? What right, the, right. You know, again for the for the for the viewers at home, these are the things that we're saying things that are happening for the first time or there's some sort of stringer that shows up again and again throughout the series. Right, right. Um well, I had, I, I think in my, uh, one of the synopses uh, for story C, I think, um, where Officer Dave shows up and he initially pretends that he's uh, there to see the murals. And mm, yeah, we see uh, one of the murals and they, they say that, you know, it's, sometimes they name the murals and that makes it easy to reference them. And other times they don't name sure. them. So to reference them, you kind of have to string together a little description of what's going on. And I think this is the case yeah. with this. Um, in this mural, it actually depicts a famous fight between Reverend Bradley and Annabeth Stevenson, who is a widowed mother of yeah. seven. Um, in the picture, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll paint a word picture here. The Reverend, they are I, going I at it. it. Yeah. The Reverend is connecting with a lunge punch to her stomach and Annabeth yeah. Uh, with her right hand has a hold of the reverend's hair he's got like left. 40 inches of reach on that punch oh yeah yeah he can like he his lunge punch goes a, a a country mile but she has a hold of his hair with her right hand and she's got her left fist cocked back and ready to womp him one i think um and there uh, yeah apparently the original title of this mural was a lively fisting um, they had to change that and uh, they just leave it at that. Yeah. As um, Leslie said, for obvious reasons. For obvious yeah. reasons. Yeah. Um, I also like for this, by the way, that from little parts of the normal show, but especially the deleted scenes, um, it seems that both Leslie and Officer Dave like to imagine when they're looking at this mural that Annabeth won that fight. Um, you know, yes. he, he, she's she's got him pretty good by the hair there. She's got her fist cocked back. You can That's just right. tell something that she's going to knock him out. Um, but then, as Leslie says, um, but history shows that she did not. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much she it. never tells what um, she's referencing to, that we know that. But it, it seems like it it took a dark turn and something bad happened. <laughs> right. Right. 
Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of any other, there's one other trope that I can think of. And I think you're the, the one who first introduced it. And I think you called it overprepared Leslie. And this mm, kind of okay. uh, uh, overlaps a little bit, I think with like, you know, binders and that sort of thing. But in this case, um, when Leslie is at the beauty pageant, she has her ridiculous yet awesome custom scorecard that she's using to keep track yeah. of the score for every single one of the of the beauty pageant contestants. Um, I think there's a scene where Tom yeah, gets like laminated like the... and it folds out. It's like 18 inches wide. <laughs> oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's huge. Yeah. Um, so I think those are all the tropes that I remember finding. Did I miss any? The, the only other one that I saw that uh, I thought was worth mentioning is this, I believe is the first appearance, uh, you know, one of the, uh, one of the judges, another one of the judges is Jessica Wicks, who will uh, show up again later and be part of the Newport legacy. Uh, yeah. um, but when we meet her at this point, and we can talk about it here in a sec, she just happens to be a, a former Miss Pawnee, Indiana, 1994, yep. as I recall. So. Three times. Yep. All right. Yep. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, my next set of notes is on the deleted scenes, Mark. I've got this, uh, you know, I've been trying to keep track of these every week and whether they have them or not. And most episodes have had a few. No director's commentary ton. this week. On yeah. The DVDs. Yeah. But there are a ton of deleted scenes, eight minutes and 32 seconds to be exact, mm. and uh, 17 clips. So wow. quite a few. Um, yep. I think when you and I were comparing notes before the episode, uh, I mentioned that this, you know, a lot of these are, um, kind of add-ons, if you will, to scenes that are in the episode, but maybe just slightly longer versions and where, you know, uh, maybe part of a, a, you know, one series of jump cuts made it in and there are five or six more here in the deleted scenes for a couple of these that did not. So what, what stood out to you? What'd you like here? Well, you know, in general, I would say that, um, this this episode was a great platform for Aubrey Plaza. I mean, she just she was fantastic yes. in, in in so many ways in this episode, and uh, the the same was true, I think, for a few deleted scenes that she was in that I really thought was funny. Um, there's one where she is at the pageant and she's looks like she's backstage, um, and it's it's a it's an April talking head. See, I know the lingo. And and she's talking to the camera and it has a series of jump cuts. And basically she introduces it by saying, I have a lot of re really useful talents, but none of them are really good for this competition. Like dot, right. dot, dot. And then she just rapid fire. Boom, 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 boom. Um, do we have that clip by chance? We do. Yeah, I'll play it for us. I have a lot of really useful talents, but none of them are really good for this competition. Like, I'm really good at making fun of people dancing. I've invented 10 emoticons. I can walk up a down escalator and like, dancer in the background. I can fit yep. my body into small spaces. I can tell instantly whether someone is fat or pregnant with 60% accuracy. <laughs> I can quote every line from Scream 2, from Romancing Stone, Mulan, Hocus Pocus, Big Business. It's the one with Batman Burn. I can sneak like three dogs into a movie theater. I can convince my grandmother that I'm not real. I can win a staring contest with a cat. I can make any security guard <laughs> I can convince my mom that I'm adopted. Uh, those are good. That is, that is outstanding. I, I think that there's, there's another, there's another series of talking heads, a, a shorter one later on um, where she continues and she just, I mean, it, but it's in that same vein. It's just a very funny, very effective, uh, you know, series of jump cuts. 
Well, how about you, Alan? Do you have any deleted scenes that really stood out to you? Well, Mark, a couple of the ones I, I enjoyed were uh, there was a few Dave and Leslie moments. The one in particular of those that I, I liked that was in the deleted scenes and didn't make the cut was, um, you know, and Dave alludes to it in the the finished cut, but they really get into it here. He, he's really worried that Leslie is smarter than him. Right. <laughs> and she is. And, you know, oh, he should be. Yeah. Yeah. He should be worried. So for for clearly good reasons. But, you know, uh I, I, that was one of the ones I enjoyed. The other one I actually enjoyed, I think we're going to play a clip here, is Timely. So um, with the recent, uh, you know, President-elect Joe Biden, uh, I think this one uh, is worth a play. Here we go. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. He did well. Yeah. Who do you run against? Here we go. Our society judges women for the wrong reasons all the time. It's a double standard. Sarah Palin runs for vice president and everybody talks about her looks. Yep. I start a blog about how hot I find Joe Biden and mm. nobody visits it. No I don't get any comments. I mean, he is a hunk. The man is a hunk. Mm. That's not debatable. I love it. It's yeah. not debatable. It is not debatable. He nope. is handsome for an older guy. He even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a hunk. I, I, I agree. All right. The, again, it's not debatable. No, it's uh, not debatable. All right. Well, I think that about does it for our deleted scenes. I think it's time for our first break, Mark. I think you're right, Alan. Let's do that. All right. Here we go. We'll be right back, everybody. Hello. This is Ron Swanson. I have been recompensed to talk to you about the Pawnee Museum of History and Medical Oddities. Personally, I have little use for such places, despite my love for a good oddity. I believe that America is the only country that matters. If you wish to experience other cultures, use an atlas, or possibly a ham radio. Real history began on July 4, 1776. Everything that happened before that was mostly not worth remembering. However, if you have an unrelenting need to learn about broken countries or irrelevant time periods, then, by all means, go to a history museum. And, why not make it, the Pawnee Museum of History and Medical Oddities. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back from break, and I think we're ready to break this episode down a little bit. Sound okay, Mark? Yeah, that sounds great. Um well, I think after the cold open, the the first scene that we have is uh, Leslie being uh, offered a coffee, a very whipped creamed up coffee by April, who has just been to the grind. And this is very uncharacteristic of April to be that nice and generous. And then, you know, she says, oh, well, you know, not related in any way. I just entered the, you know, Miss Pawnee beauty pageant. And hey, right. sister, will you vote for me? And, you know. Leslie just kind of says, oh, that's great, April, mm. but but no, I can't because, you know, you're like family. And she like deadpans at the camera for like five seconds and then says that'll be seven dollars for the coffee. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know what else I loved about that little interaction was, uh, mm. you know, she said there was that little talking head April had there in the middle of it where she says, you know, she found out that this apparently, you know, the winner gets six hundred dollars, and she, you know, even though she thinks these competitions are idiotic, she can be idiotic for six hundred dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So from there, I think we head out where um, 
Tom is on his cell with someone clearly trying to talk them into letting him be a, a fellow judge with Leslie. And, uh, you know, Leslie is walking out, I guess, to give him a blue folder, you know, Alan, as they do. And she hands him the blue folder and he's like, hey, I'm going to be a judge with you. And she's like, what? How? And then there's like you alluded to, there's the Tom talking head. And it was just very brief. He's like, look, I had to call in a few favors. But if you don't call in favors to look at women in bikinis and assign them numerical grades, what the hell do you call in favors for? I, I don't I, know. I agree. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. The man's logic is impeccable. <laughs> so from there, I think we're back in the hallway and we uh, we see Dave uh, gandering at one of the murals. I believe the fisting, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it It is the, the one like Prince. It's the mural formerly known as the fisting. There you um, go. You know what? I don't think we ever learned the new name of this mural, though. I looked and I couldn't find it. So no, you're right. You're right. It's it's just going to have to have like a Pepsi Cola sign or an anchor or whatever Prince's thing was. I'm just going to call it Bradley versus Stevenson. The grudge match. Yeah. 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 Because clearly they're angry about something. Oh, man. Yeah. They're having it out. So, you know, we already discussed this scene uh, quite a bit. Um, You know, basically the the overall of this is officer dave is coming there believe it or not alan not to look at murals right but but he's actually wanting to ask leslie on a date and he follows her into her office and kind of screws up his courage and is like hey uh can i you want maybe go get a cup of coffee he says coffee i love that you want to get a cup of coffee or something and you know at first leslie's you know smiling at him and beaming because she she kind of likes him it's like yeah yeah we can do that and he's like all right you know yeah she's literally checking her schedule yep yep then he blows it and then he's got to open his his uh, big old dave sanderson mouth there and says hey is that uh is that your grandma and points at a picture on her desk behind her and leslie's like yeah yeah and then he just kind of looks at her like duh and he's like oh that's you don't really that's madeline albright and then he i love this line he says uh he says oh that's your grandmother's name i just call mine nana yeah <laughs> like no yeah madeline albright first female secretary of state and he's yeah. kind of dumbfounded he's like oh well so then so not is not your grandma like <laughs> no um and Welcome you can see 30 she, seconds ago dave I know. Yeah. He's trying to catch up. And then you can see from there, she kind of like slowly backs away in the conversation. Like, okay, I don't know about this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. She's her, her motivation has dropped significantly quickly. Yeah. There's one little thing. This episode was full of little gems in my opinion, that if you paid close attention, you saw a lot of really funny little, very, very quick moments. And a lot of them came from Louis CK. Um, He's he's kind of been humiliated at this point and he realizes it and he kind of like wants to like walk away with a little bit of dignity yeah. in the process of turning around <laughs> to, to exit her office. She looks up at her at her wall of, of photographs of powerful yeah. women in politics yep. and he kind of goes, ladies, ladies, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all it. he says, ladies, and then like, like, oh, dude, just leave. Yeah. Like, I think he just poured salt in the wound. Yeah, absolutely. He did not make that any better. No. Well, actually, you know, when we covered first in tropes, I I did forget one. And this scene made me remember and might as well talk about it here as as much as anywhere. Sure. Uh, 
um, although there's another opportunity to talk about it a little later, we'll save that. But, um, you know, this wall of inspiration, you know, is probably the first time we've ever had the camera focus on it. It's kind of always there in the background, like a lot of other knickknacks and things in Leslie's office. But, you know, the ladies, as, as Dave calls them, you know, um, are some pretty, pretty heavy hitters. Um, right. My, one of my favorites, though, is the, the very well, I'll, I'll say the other ones first. So, you know, kind of second row down, left to right. We've got Nancy Pelosi. We've Who? got Condoleezza Rice. Oh, OK. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, All right, go Dave. Ahead. Sandra Day O'Connor. Yep. Michelle Obama. Yep. And Janet Reno. Yep. And at the top of all of those wonderful historic figures, right? Important, powerful women. Yeah. Is a very young eight-year-old Leslie Nope, which I just love. I think that's terrific. And, and I remember later in the series, there's a reference and, you know, little internal dialogue about young Leslie. But um, yeah, we'll save that for that episode. And, you know, the interesting thing is taken out of context, that could seem like that she's very full of hubris to do that. I don't think yeah. that that's, that's true. No, I think she's put them there for young Leslie to be inspired by them. That's absolutely right. Yep. I agree. I yep. agree. All right. So from here, I think um, now we we're back in the courtyard and if I'm not mistaken, Ann and Leslie are having a little bit of coffee. Yep. They're having the coffee that, uh, that officer coffee. Dave wanted to have with her. And that's right. it, it kind of picks up right from that scene. And this is a very brief scene too. It, you know, yeah. she's like, look, uh, you know, she's having lunch with Anne and who is her confidant. And she's like, oh, you know, do you want to hear something awful? He didn't even know who Madeline Albright was. And at first, because Leslie didn't indicate whom right. she was talking about, Anne goes, who? And she's like, oh, not you too. Madeline Albright, first female secretary of state. And Anne's like, no, no, who the hell are you talking about? Yeah, um, this is why my English teacher, Mrs. Abrams, drove into the ground, you know, subject and uh, now on alignment, right? I mean, who who is she talking about? I, I don't know. I, all I know is conjunction, junction, what's your function? And everything <laughs> else is kind of a blur. Um, the bill becomes a law and capital. I don't know, something. Yeah. Capital. Yeah, something like that. That That's where I learned most of my, that's 90% of my high schooling right there. Um, Clearly. Everything I know about politics was there. Oh, what else did you need to know? Um, if it's not if it's not animated, it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. Anyway, um, so you know, she Leslie's telling Anne, like, I don't know, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if I can date someone who doesn't share my interests, which is not an unreasonable point of view. And she's she's trying to you know bring Anne into this and loop her in. And she's like, well, Anne, could you date someone who doesn't love, I don't know, getting <laughs> vaccinations? And she's like, you know, Leslie. I've never dated anyone who loves giving vaccinations. What are you talking about? Either she's dated men who give vaccinations and don't love it or never dated a man who gives vaccinations. Right. Yeah. We're who left knows? to wander. Yeah. So from there, um, Anne then comes into Mark's office, right? Yes. Yep. And, and she, you know, knocks on his door and they, they kind of like, Hey, and, and, and starts out like, hey, a weird question. Are you handy? Like, yeah. you know, can you fix things? And, you know, I was thinking to myself, Alan, the old Mark, I think would have just taken this as an opportunity for, you know, endless innuendos. And he didn't. Um, yeah. He's like, oh, well, what's what's broken? You know, oh, my shower, it's leaky, low pressure, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, uh, you know, I can do that easy. You know, you want me to come over? And she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll make you a quick, cheap dinner that will be no trouble for me. 
And he's like, all right, this will be the weirdest second date ever. And, you know, they kind of leave it at that. They do. Now in the deleted scenes, and you probably saw this too, there's a little bit more repartee there. And uh, I think Anne realizes that that sounds a little bit, you know, bow, chicka, wah, wah. and uh, she's like, like you know, much? really, my yeah. shower's actually broken. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I know. And then she's a metaphor. And then, and then I think, I don't know what it's for. And then I think she comes back. Huh? Nice. That was, that was Constantine's by the way. He's, he's funny. Uh, no, it really happened. And then she comes back and she's like, no, seriously, there's yeah. no sexual. And he's like, I, I know, I know. Right. Yeah. But hot sex at your place. I get it. Okay. See you then. <laughs> it's, it's good to be clear. I actually thought that was a pretty funny deleted sequence, honestly. And I, I think I would have put it in, but you know, that's well, just- you know, there, there's there's a theme that I see involving, of all people, Mark. And and I think it started before this episode, but I saw it very much in this episode. He has a demeanor that, God help me, Alan, I'm starting mm-hmm. to like. And it's it's like, it's it's this... He's turning the corner. I mean, kind of. It's it's not yeah. just that he's lowering his score on the D-bag scale. It's not just that. It's, it's his... <laughs> It's his way of approaching things. He's very laid back. He's very calm. Yeah. He's confident, but not arrogant. He's not aggressive. He's not overbearing, but he's also making some very timely comments and he's kind of funny. Yeah. And and it's, it's I, I mean, it's, I wasn't prepared for it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's actually well, kind of cool. I, I think in that triangulated universe of the, you know, this three, this threesome, you know, of Andy, Anne and Mark of which, you know, Anne has no interest in Andy going forward and she's making it pretty clear, uh, right. you know, you need somebody to play against the crazy of Andy with some, you know, normal, stable, you know, stability. And, and, and that's Mark. And I, I think probably they're making wise edits here to keep him, his part kind of simple and straightforward. And, and I would agree with that. And yet I would also say that he has some moments here that made me laugh out loud. Like yeah. he had some really good lines in it. So, I mean, it's, it's cause it's a really tough line to walk sometimes to be it is. very cool, calm and collected and yet kind of deliver some of the funny. And I think in the past, that's been some of the problem I've had with them. I think he handled it a little bit better in this episode. Yep. No, that's, that's, that's a great, uh, great, great observation. Yeah. They saved the creepy for the next scene. So now we're at the community center. I think it's a community center. Anyway, it's wherever the beauty pageant is happening. It's a little bit undisclosed. Right. Um, and Leslie meets the other judges there. Yes, yes. Leslie and Tom arrive and um, Leslie takes it upon herself to introduce herself and Tom to the other yep. three judges. So there are five judges in total of which she and Tom are two of them. Right. The other three judges are uh, in the order that they are introduced. Uh, Jessica Wicks, who we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and she was a uh, three-time Miss Pawnee uh, from 1992 through 1994. Well, I missed that. So I, I just heard the 1994. It was a three-time. It is. Okay. Good yep. catch. And, uh, and you know, Tom is 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 kind of being his schmoozy self. You know, oh, yep. I recognize you right away. You're even more beautiful now than when you won the crown. And, of course, you're yep. like, oh, I like him. Yeah. Um, there's a. And that's not my- the creepy yet. Keep going. No, not yet. There's a, there's Ray Holstead, my favorite of of Ray sandwich place. Cause how can you not like a guy that owns a sandwich place? Um, And, uh, and he's eaten a few. He's not, he hasn't missed a lot of meals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And he doesn't look like a a scholar either. It's just, I don't know. There's like a dead, like ham sandwich (laughs) look in his eye that I can't quite place. Um, And then the third (laughs) judge is, um, 
his name is Charles, and it took me a while to get his last name. I think it's yeah. Wooliner. And Wooliner, yeah. Wooliner. Yeah. And uh, apparently he's judged by his own declaration, Miss Pawnee pageants for the last 30 years. 30 and years. Also claimed that he made Jessica. Yeah, and there it he, is. The, the, and the camera kind of pans over to her and yeah, there she is not pleased to hear him say that. She's not happy about it. We're all kind of internally creeped out. It gave me the EBGBs, I have to say. So, yeah, and, I, I, and we don't know much else about uh, Charles other than that. You know, he's a creepy old dude who uh, clearly helped Jessica win three years in a row. <laughs> he he kind of looks like an evil Bob Barker. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's important to paint a picture for the for you know for the viewers at home. It even is. though I know they can see us, they can see us fine. Yeah. Hey, you know what? What you may not have caught this. So the reason that I was able to discern uh, Chuck's last name there, Walner, is because I believe they stole it from the director of this episode. Oh, I bet you're right. They did. So Jason Walner was the director of this episode. And uh, I know that, you know, when the writers get a hold of names, sometimes they like to attach them to people, uh, you know, cast members to, to, uh, I'm trying to say cast members to the characters right. and uh, they clearly did here. So like we, I don't we know if that's an homage. The... Yeah. If I get my homage one day, I don't want it to be creepy Chuck Walliner. No, no, not at all. Yeah, um, th there's there's been a couple times that they've done that, though. I, I think in the season one finale, we talked about uh, uh, where Ann Perkins name came from, yep. for example. That's exactly um, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So this this scene ends, you know, with Leslie having been introduced to the three judges and she's like, well, you know, Tom and I are very happy to be here. You know, we're going to do great judging, blah, blah, blah. And Tom, right. Tom. And then, yeah, it's going to be very forward thinking in our judgings, too. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, like Tom, Tom, and apparently he's standing in a in a middle of a cluster of the contestants. Like you know, yeah. oh, you don't believe I can do this? Watch thirty four C, thirty six B, thirty four. It's like, oh my god, yeah. And, and 30, yet, thirty two A, how'd you get in here? Yeah, I'm just kidding. You're all beautiful. God bless. Like, oh my god, dude. Uh, yeah. So there's the other creepy. I guess him and Chuck could hang out after the show. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. All right. So at this point, I think the beauty pageant be begins and we start to meet the candidates. Yes, uh, we have the the MC and um, I don't know if he was named or not. So I just think of him as the MC. But but he, you know, actually, good point, Mark. He I don't think he is named specifically, but he, this is a first. We we see him multiple times throughout the series. And this is the first time we see this character. Do we really? Huh. I did not we realize do. that. Hmm. You're sharp. Yep. Um, I knew it kept you around for a reason. Uh, so the, the contestants, yeah, I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> yeah, they, they all walk out on stage and the, and the MC introduces them and like, oh, you know, here they are. Let's, let's go ahead and meet them. And I think April is first. And April is, it, it, Aubrey Plaza is so brilliant in all of this because, you know, on the one hand, as she said in the beginning, she can be idiotic, Alan, for $600. Like that's, that, that's not a problem. But, uh, um, she, uh, so she's trying really hard to be, you know, like, like, like you would think a shallow, you know, beauty pageant contestant would be. And yet all throughout, you can see the mask fraying at the edges, like, you know, cause she, there's just so much of this crapola that she can put up with and she's not particularly good at playing it straight. 
So he's like, yeah. hi, um, <laughs> I'm April Ludgate. And then she didn't know what else to say. And the MC kind of gestures at her like, okay, go on. And she's like, oh, I'm yeah. a tell us more. I'm yeah. Like you got to tell us more. I'm 20 years old. I like, <laughs> I like people. <laughs> places and then she waves her hand and things and then you know the audience kind of applauds yeah. like what the hell <laughs> um and then i think next is um hey mark real quick real quick yeah. note on the mc so the character's name is martin housley i looked this up he's in seven episodes in total oh wow okay yeah and if, if you remember there's a telethon later uh, there's a correspondence lunch. He's in all of those episodes. Yeah, I think he's even in the like the woodworking awards episode uh, as the MC of that. So I guess in Pawnee, if you need an MC for some lame event, you get Martin Housley. Yeah, I think he's maybe their only MC. Yeah, there you go. I think you're right. <laughs> so they and I don't think that they introduce all of the um, all of the contestants, but obviously they no, introduce they April and talk two to or three. Yeah, bit. yeah. And I think the other two that they talk to at all are uh, Susan Gleaver, who I think is Gleaver, the one that yeah. Leslie kind of kind of likes. Yeah. Gleaver. And, you know, she walks up to the night to the mic and she's she's not unattractive, but she's just, you know, a little bit more she's not glamorous. plain, but just. No, she's not glamorous, but she's fine. And yeah. she's like, you know, hey, everybody, I'm Susan. I'm I'm a history major at Indiana State. So, you know, she's smart. Um, yep. You know, she plays classical piano. I volunteer at the Children's Hospital. And, and Leslie is just like, oh, that's oh, yeah. you're my girl. She's yeah. sold. And then, you know, the other one that we <laughs> meet is, you know, Trish, Trish Ionetta. Yeah. And oh, my God, she just struts to the mic. She waves her arms and over the top, flashy, open mouth smile that I think she got from Tom. An open mouth yep. grin. It's like, hi, everybody. I like to hang out with my friends. I've been on YouTube. I love the summertime. She's 22. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, but she likes the summertime, Mark, so she can wear her bikini and everyone can be there with her watching her wear her bikini. Well, that, that's typically how it's worked for. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's it's just I it was I mean it was it was borderline cringy to watch that but I'm a you know agreed Tom is just eating it up yeah no it's oh right up his alley yeah and I, and I think at the same time like Leslie kind of leaned into him and said you know well you know Tom they can't all be winners nah, you're right you know, and Tom's like oh Trish you're my girl Ugh. yeah well um, and, and you know he's he's like I think we have a front runner and you can see Leslie's face you know she she it's the moment where she realizes that how this contest is going to get judged and that uh you know maybe as a society we haven't we're not going to be quite as forward thinking and as as she would like us to be <laughs> i think you're Pretty absolutely simple. right yeah the the next part um of the of the the next scene is uh still at the pageant and i think it's the talent competition ah yes um, this is when we see leslie's custom scorecard yes yes i want to play just, this clip yep please do all right, here we go. Here we have Leslie's custom scorecard with categories such as presentation, intelligence, knowledge of history, fruitful gestures, je ne sais quoi, and something called the Naomi Wolf factor. And our first one. I love it. Yeah, that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, so do you know who Naomi Wolf is? 
Uh, she's related to Virginia Woolf, right? Uh, perhaps. Uh, it, only in so far as that they've both written things. I knew it. No. Na- knew Naomi it. Wolf was a journalist and advisor to Clinton and Gore. She wrote a book in 1991 called The Beauty Myth. And uh, she's attributed for the, quote, third wave of the feminist movement. So I, I just had to understand why, who she was in terms of and how she made it on a scorecard. Right. I mean, that's right. That's a pretty big honor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're you're much more studious than I am. You know, Constantine and I, we're uh, I got the Internet. We, we need to get that one of these days. You should get one. Yeah. You can um, get them at Kmart or no. Sorry, they're gone. Uh, Sears. Wait. Nope. Mm, Target. I'm just going to I'm just, look. I'm just going to go to the dollar store. I'm sure they have some Internet left there. Yeah, it, it's it's pronounced Internet there. But yeah. Yeah. That's social media, right? It is. All right. So anyway, I I think Trish is the first one in the talent competition. I think and, that's right. Yeah. And and what I absolutely love about this, so for you know, she comes out and she she has a baton and she's just she happens to be holding it while just shaking her butt. And I mean, just I mean, just the sort of ridiculous thing that you would imagine. But what I really love is that the MC. Yeah. says, you know, up first, we have Trish Ionetta and Alan, her talent is, and I quote, baton, yeah. not baton twirling, not right. synchronized line dancing while no. holding a baton, no. not, you know, balancing a baton <laughs> on one finger. It is the yeah. word baton, baton. Which, which is probably the most honest that they could be with what was actually involved with that, with the baton, Yeah, which is nothing. Pretty much nothing. I mean, next to next to a a drum major in a marching band, uh, I, I that's probably the least amount of twirling of a baton I've ever seen. <laughs> and 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 Tom really tells Leslie, my girl Trish is so talented. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he sees the talent. Um, and then April is next, and uh, yeah. she says um, her talent is going to be impressions. And there, there's a little part that I, I, I really, really like where the MC hearing April say this just says like <laughs> a quick little three second, uh, you know, wow, that's some wild, weird stuff. He does a you know, Johnny wild, Carson stuff uh, and, and the audience laughs and Leslie laughs uproariously. And April just stares at him for like five <laughs> seconds. You can tell yeah. like the, the, the see the edges of her mask are starting to fray away. They are. And she stares at him for like five seconds. Finally, just says, yep. Yep. <laughs> She's not impressed by him. No, the millennial has no idea who Johnny Carson is. And and then like back to back, there's some absolutely fantastic April moments. Like, so she's doing impressions, right? And then, so you're thinking to yourself, what, like, what is, what is she going to do? And first she's like, okay, first I'm going to do my sister. Hi, I'm Natalie. I love Ritalin and have low <laughs> self-esteem. And this is, this is so beautiful. No one gets this as they should not, because what the hell? No one gets this. No one is laughing. There's dead silence, except yeah. for Judge Charles Wooliner. Oh, for for some reason, he is crying. He's laughing yeah. so hard. Yeah, which that just cracked me up. I, his reaction made me laugh, but April's reaction to his reaction what was 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 even funnier. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, it, creepy it, old man. You know what? Something that I've noticed in this episode, and I've there have been a couple occasions here, and this is one of them. I don't know if it's just me, but this reminds me a little bit of the sort of humor that I've seen in Arrested Development. 
where where it's just very very quick they don't put a spotlight on it you have to pay attention you have to attend to it or else it's going to go by right by you because why in the hell would charles Wooliner think that's I don't hysterical. know. No one knows. I'm but totally just- right there with you, though. I, I, you know, this show and we've we've talked about it in our little Sebastian scoring, right? Even though we sometimes give this a little bit low score and you might think, ooh, a five or a six isn't very good. I mean, right. you've pointed out many times that, you know, this is Parks and Rec standards, right? And That's this right. show's intelligent and it's layered and there's stuff in there that if you're not too lazy to find it is is even funnier than what's on the surface. And, you know, the whole least common denominator programming uh, of television, that's not always true with the other shows, is it? No, no. But I know how much you love Two and a Half Men. Um, Please don't get me started. <laughs> sorry. Let me, let, me, uh, let me help old man Alan off his soapbox. There you Thank go. Thank you. <laughs> I no, pain, I Sonny. All kidding aside, I, I completely agree with you. Um, it's a shame that shows that are very smart and talented often don't get the the dues that they deserve um, or, or don't make it seven seasons, which thankfully this one did. So absolutely right. true. Yep. Amen. Amen. All right. So where, where are we at now? I think we're, we headed back. Oh, wait a minute. I think there's a little bit more here at the talent competition. Um, there, there are just a couple more little things, yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, April finishes her impersonations, which yeah. were very humorous for a number of reasons. Then Apropos of nothing, I had to look this up, Alan, because there is a, a kind of an older uh, older woman who was <laughs> yeah. actually part of the competition, which, you Debbie. know, uh, Denise. No, I was so close. Yeah, you were close. Um, Denise Yermley, believe Yermley. it or not. Okay. Uh, and, <laughs> and her talent is singing Donna Summer's I Feel Love, which Leslie, for some reason, was really into. And everyone, else, and everyone else was like, we don't know what to make of this. <laughs> she she enjoys uh, Denise. Yeah, yeah she enjoys Denise D- Denise's rendition of Donna Summer almost as much as Tom enjoys watching Trish um, not twirl her baton. <laughs> mm, yeah, my girl Trish is talented. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so that, that was like just a few seconds, but it was kind of funny that they would just introduce such a ridiculous little thing. Again, this good. is kind of this is kind of yep. shades of Arrested Development. It is. Um, we get some so, Susan playing classical piano beautifully. Right. Leslie's. And then I, I think that was the last one they, they yeah. kind of focus on. And, you know, it's, she's, it's actually a talent in, in, it, in, it in the audience in general, unfortunately for Susan, the audience is kind of bored because, you know, it's not flashy, but it is kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, Leslie is really moved and Tom is like not even paying attention, like telling Leslie, Hey, I'm going to text Trish to tell her how good she did earlier. She's like, Shh. Oh my God. Um, and then I, there's just a real quick Leslie uh, talking head going, look, I, I know Susan isn't a perfect 10, but, you know, in my mind, Susan is the perfect Miss Pawnee. Her values are strong, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, the camera pans <laughs> over to the right to uh, apparently Alan Trish dropped her baton. So she's, yeah. look, she's got to bend over to get it. And, and, and Leslie's like, hey, hey, right here. <laughs> has to pull the camera back to her. Leslie is clearly very annoyed. I, there's, if you look hard enough and you've got to look above, you know, Trisha's hip line, the, the, Tom is doing this thing, pointing to what's happening and making a face to the camera. That's just, well, it's funny, but <laughs> it's totally rude, but it's very funny. So, very Tom. I missed that. Oh yeah. Go back and watch that. It's, it's worth it. That. Yeah. Um, 
So from here, I think we now transition back to Ann's house and um, Mark is fixing the shower and, uh, and, and, you know, there's just a really brief little inter interchange there, not a lot to talk about. And, and then Ann takes the garbage out and we find Andy. Yeah. She, she kind of glances to her right and she, she notices Andy's head is kind of prairie dogging out little, of the pit logo watching her. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boink, she, you know, his head goes down and <laughs> like, and she says kind of to no one, but kind of the, to the camera crew, was that, was that Andy? Yep. And, and you see Anne kind of making her way down to the bottom of the pit. Uh, and, and she sees his tent and, you know, she can see him through the screen because, you know, duh. And they kind of have a little confrontation and, you know, do you live down here? Oh, what? Yeah. You know, for a whole week? Yes. Yes. For only a week. Only I have lived week. down here only a week. Glances at the camera. Um, and that's where you're, um, I, I think you already said this was your AKA, wasn't it? Yes. Um, actually, it was. This is Andy as, um, you know, clearly caught in this lie. And and he asked her, you know, uh, are, are we only going to talk about the lies I've been telling you? Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Are, are, are we? The, listen, are we going to talk about anything other than the lies I told you? There it is. And, and it's, it's beautiful because, you know, he, he's very annoyed and put out Alan at, at Anne's, you know, presumptive yeah. nature of like, yeah. look, how insensitive. Yes. If all we're going to do is talk about the lies I told you, then yeah, this isn't going to go well. So you know, the nerve of her. Yep. Um, so then she walks, she walks up the, up, you know, she exits the pit and he's like, you know, the way out <laughs> big dummy call first next time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. got some people coming over. <laughs> <laughs> so from here, I think we're back at the pageant again. We're yeah. doing this interweaving. I think now we're at the dreaded Q and a of the pageant. That's right. The dreaded Q and a and, and the MC, uh, let's Tom be the first one of the judges to fire a salvo at the oh contestants. And, and, and he says, he says without pointing at anyone or, or really even looking at anyone, he's like, yeah, I have a question for the hot one. And then Trish, this is just such a, this is a uh, genius thing. Trish automatically walks up. She doesn't even check with the other contestants. It's no. like, you know, Oh my gosh. Like how, yeah. how arrogant. Um, yeah. Like, you know, first off, I just want to say I'm a little bit surprised because I didn't think angels could fly so low. Like, oh, you're funny. You're funny. Like, oh, my God, you got to stop. Like, do you have a question? And then Leslie just says, screw this. Um, I'm taking over. And yeah. that's when she said, like, you know, uh, Trish, um, Alexis de Tocqueville uh, called America <laughs> the great experiment. What can that's we right. do as citizens to improve on that experiment? <laughs> and she just starts to at first you think oh she's gonna hem and haw but then she like yeah. gives a fluffy answer that the audience just eats up oh, they love and, it. you know we live in america and which is a wonderful thing and it's the land of the free and no one can ever take that away from you and also the brave and oh just shut up and and but she just and then as if it couldn't Ugh. get any worse it goes from just it gets worse it, it goes from being just stupid nonsensical stuff to going but <laughs> like the, oh america's great and, and she and you, you know we're so proud to be here um but the high birthing rate of immigrants frightens me <laughs> what? wait a minute what what is happening here 
Um, and then the, the, my favorite part of that is she says that the high birthing rate of immigrants frightens me. The camera pans oh, I know. To, to the judges and you see sandwich guy Ray yeah. and, and Tom like nodding, like, totally like she's nodding. some sort of yeah. sage oracle that's spouting wisdom, <laughs> like, and they're writing stuff down and like, oh my God. Um, yeah. Now I know Tom was born in North Carolina, but I don't believe his parents were. So I found that interesting, his reaction, but well, you know. he, he, he moved to North Carolina from his mother's uterus. <laughs> that's right. We learned. That's, yeah. Yeah. We learned that. Um, so what a, what a mess, man. Um, and I, I, I think wrote that- Trish is a racist. <laughs> That beautiful. Yeah. Nailed it. Thumbed it. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think we we go back very briefly um, to Anne's house where, yeah. where Mark and Day, Mark and Anne are having their date. And yeah, it's, it is it's raining now, pretty steadily outside. It's right? raining yeah, cats and yeah. dogs at this point. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we, we, the, the first camera shot is outside and you see it just raining and pouring. And then there's a camera shot inside where Ann and Mark are having dinner. They're warm and dry, but they're, yeah. they're kind of awkwardly uh, discussing Andy. And Ann's like, look, you, you, you don't think it's weird that he's out there. And Mark's like, it's not ideal. And, and this is one of those moments where I love Mark's demeanor that I talked about. You know, she he he's just trying to kind of take it in stride and roll with it. And he pauses and he's like, um, you know, maybe you should try to relax. Maybe take one of those Ativan I saw in the medicine cabinet. And she's kind of like, like, dude. And he's like, yeah, I peeped. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of liking this because like he's yeah, owning it. He's, he's not he's not being a snot about it. But he's like, yeah, I peeked. What? And, and, and then he adds, he adds, this is really funny. He adds, and I also didn't see any toothpaste. Do you not? Do you not use toothpaste? <laughs> he had some great lines here. And, uh, you know, and, and Anne is clearly having a problem, like wrapping her head around Andy being out there. And Mark's just like, I don't know. I kind of feel like we should invite him in. And she's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Have you not been listening? He's like, look, it's really raining out there. He's living in a pit and Anne's frustrated. But I, I, I think she deep down kind of agrees with him. But I think she's frustrated at the whole thing. Um, yeah, she she's not pleased that he's living in a pit outside her house and functionally violating her privacy and making her feel like she's being stalked, right? So right. I, I don't blame her. No, I, I don't either. Yeah. So I think from here we jump now back to the pageant. Right. And I and I think here it, it's about to they're, oh, they're wrapping it up. April. Yeah. And and yeah, and and the MC is telling the audience, like, hey, after a couple more contestants, I know that doesn't sound like him, but I just like to do that. Hey, everybody, hey, I'm the MC. Um, <laughs> after a couple more contestants, the judges will decide the next Miss Pawnee and the winner of six hundred dollars in gift certificates to Big Archie Sporting Goods and Everson Fencing Company. And in April happens to be the next one who was going to start speaking. Yeah, so she's headed at the to the mic, yeah. And she just says, she's looking right at the MC and she says right into the microphone, what? We don't get cash. <laughs> this is for a fence. Look, well, it won't cover a whole fence, whole but fence. it will, it will defray the cost considerably. And April's like, F this, I'm out. Yeah. Like, I quit. I quit. And she just walks off the stage and out of the building. I'm like, that is awesome. I know. And then yep. there's like a very brief, I think, five second April talking head where she's like, no, I didn't win. But at least I didn't make any new friendships. <laughs> <laughs> that was my third consideration for my uh, my AKA. That would have been <laughs> I a good one. I thought that was funny. It was a good one. 
And then so I, I think, think from here, you yeah. know, we're in the or the judges convene and we're we're about to, to have a, a debate and a vote. Well, right. I mean, the, if Leslie wants there to be a debate, quite frankly, mm-hmm. Alan, you know, Tom, Tom yeah. doesn't see the point. They're like, look, it's no. the hot one. It's like, what, hot one. OK, we're, we're done. Let's just go back out there. And Leslie's just like, it's no, you know, it, like we can't rush this. You know, this is uh, little girls from South Central Indiana everywhere. Um, yeah. are, are going to be yeah. looking up to this person for the next uh, up to a year as you know so we got to discuss this so you know she just she cuts them off they're going to leave the room and she cuts them off and shuts the door and she's like consider yourself sequestered yeah. wham i love this talking head oh yeah she, she <laughs> and leslie says so she closes the door and so everyone's back in there and they're not real happy about being in there and she so the, she says to the camera Look, you know, I'm a judge, so I don't want to sound partial, but <laughs> Trish will win this pageant over my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> so a little partial. I mean, that's better than her saying Susan will win or, you know, right? I mean, I, th- I think that I would have started to panic if she had made the cameraman a pinky promise that Trish <laughs> is not going to win because then yeah, stuff right. was going to go down. Yep. Well, and she does her best, but, you know, she won't prevail. She she does. I mean, and so and I won't go into detail here. They 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 go through some some, you know, marginally funny conversations. I think, you know, uh, Jessica Wicks as the former Miss Pawnee is trying to say, look, I'm the only one who's who's had experience with this. I think she's a no brainer. And Leslie like, yeah, I get that. Hey, Jessica, what was your talent? She's like, oh, I packed a suitcase. <laughs> that's like that was her talent when she watched, which, you know, that's that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I got to say it's better than baton baton. Yeah, but um, yeah. And, and actually, at one point, I think it was Sandwich Guy Ray. I'm gonna keep calling him that. Sandwich yeah. Guy Ray uh, actually said, "You know what? Uh, Leslie kind of makes a good point. She's yeah. not the brightest bulb in the bunch, and Leslie's a little right. uh, enthused by this and says, like, oh, okay, uh, you know what? Let's all right, let's keep this going.' Yeah, yeah. Um, this, their, her argument might have a little bit of um, you know gumption now, so. So then we're back and we're Anne is now reluctantly escorting Andy into the house and telling him to stand over there and don't get anything wet. Right, right. Um, and Andy walks in and he is just, I mean, predictably, he's just drenched. Yeah. And just just dripping everywhere. And um, he, he just stands in the middle of the living room and he just looks miserable. Although, you know, he's obviously starting to warm up a little bit and he he glances up and he sees Mark sitting at the dinner table and Mark kind of awkwardly waves hi to yeah. him. Yeah. And, and he says, uh, <laughs> oh, is Mark the guy who's fixing, fixing your, shower? your shower? Like, look, I don't know about you, Mark, but I've seen a ton of porn and I know what fixing your shower means. Uh, bound, jigga, uh. bound, bound. Um, and then, then it, it's a very interesting series of exchanges here where Andy is like, kind of being an idiot and yeah. and Anne's like don't you know you got to leave us alone he's like no no you're fine you're fine you know like don't look i i'm already super full i don't want anything that's right <laughs> like okay yeah how could that possibly be true um, I, I found it ironic that andy's giving mark crap you know and, and not surprised but ironic because you know it, it, mark is the only reason andy's in the house at this point i think if we're up to ann andy would still be out in the pup tent you know getting rained on I'm certain of it, in fact. Oh, you're you're exactly right. I mean, and that that's actually one of the things that I really thought Paul Schneider did a good job of as portraying Mark in, in these series of scenes here in yeah. Ann's house is 
he did many things. He was kind of funny. He was very calm and collected. He wasn't arrogant. He, wasn't he was actually aggressive. handy. He fixed and the he shower. Was, he was actually, and he was handy and he was, he had some empathy. Yeah. So, I mean, this, great point. this is, this is pretty impressive, you know? Yeah. No, that's a great point. Um, all right. Especially by Brendanowitz standards. Well, that's true. And that was a low bar. So he, he didn't have trouble stepping over it. So, but it's nice that's to see for sure. So now we're back. We're back at the pageant. They're still de- deliberating. They seem to be stuck in this three, two decision, you know, where uh, Ray's still kind of on Leslie's side at this point. Uh, right. But it didn't last long. Right. It's, it's, it's sandwich guy, Ray and Leslie against the rest of them. And it's a long story short. They they she fought yeah. the good fight, and then they cut to the MC going, "It's the hot one, Trish Ionetta." I mean, even he calls her the hot one. God. <laughs> and, and then I think here is like you know you've said before, like they they're jumping back and forth to these two storylines rapidly. So I think right after the MC says it's the hot one, they go back to Anne's house, and you know Mark and Anne are having just a little bit of. Of, of banter and saying like, Oh, these are amazing. You know, what do you do with these? You know, do you put hot sauce on them? Or, you know, and Anne's like, Oh, a chef never reveals her secrets. And Andy's like, she puts hot sauce on them. <laughs> um, I love the dynamic here too, that, you know, Anne has let him in, you know, she, she's tolerating this situation that obviously Mark suggested, but she's doing her best to pretend that Andy isn't there. Her and Mark are sitting at the table and kind of a normal dinner conversation. Andy, on the other hand, is over on the couch with his feet up on the couch, uh, eating food loudly and drinking wine. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much being a dick. Well, you know, see, this is interesting. And I'm, I'm going to get into this more later, but I, I kind of vacillated here because yeah. there's, a, there's a part of me that completely agrees with you. Like, Andy, you are being, a, your, your D-bag meter is yeah. going up, you know? Because yeah. like you said, he, he wouldn't even be in there if it wasn't for Mark. And Andy wouldn't let his ass back in, but, right. but at the same time, like there's, for example, there's, there's something that he says at the end, he's like, you know, he's, he's gorging on the chicken or whatever and drinking a whole glass of wine. And he says, uh, you know, what's funny, I was just sitting over here over on the couch. And I was thinking oh, there yeah. was once a time when Mark used to be the stranger in the house and now it's me. And he downs an entire glass of wine. And I'm thinking to myself, this is, this is kind of heartbreaking. Like I, I really feel bad for the guy. And you know, it, that, that doesn't mean he can't be kind of a douche as well, but um, that I, I kind of went back and forth on this. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I, I understand your point there. I mean, there's a bit of a dichotomy, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I, you know, and, and I don't even know what I want to say here. Um, I, I think that Andy is clearly trying to work through his feelings about what's going on and and that's heartbreaking yeah it is and you kind of you do feel bad for him i mean you know he's going to have this moment here in a second where you know he's really playing it for all it's worth as he walks away you know after dinner but you know he i think he his feelings are hurt you know I think he knows that Ann has moved on, but now he has been presented with the worst possible evidence of it. He's here watching her, literally watching her on a date with another guy. And it's Mark, right? Who he doesn't respect. So, you know, for Andy, if you're going to be empathetic, I can see it. Yeah. Right, right. And that's what he's being a jerk. Well, and see, that's just it. He is absolutely being a jerk. And so there's a part of me that's like, Yep. I hope that they yell at him. I hope they kick his ass out because he kind of deserves it. And and yet I'm like, oh, God, I feel for the guy. I mean, yeah. not that he still doesn't deserve it, but I feel kind of conflicted. Yeah. 
And that's, well, that's, that's very interesting for Andy to make me feel like that. Cause typically I'm just like, you're a jerk, go away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think we're, we're, we're going to exit the Andy jerk phase here pretty soon, which would be nice. Cause I, at least mostly for sure. Um, there's, there's a couple moments maybe later, but this is pretty much it. It's, it's mostly in this orbit around Anne, right? And yeah. I think once that's over, then we, we get more funny, regular Andy. We, we like him a lot more. We yeah. like him a lot more. Yeah. Absolutely. So from this scene where we we're going to jump back, I think maybe to the final time at, you know, the, the pageant, um, you know, Trish has won. Leslie gets up in front of the mic and she wants to address basically the room. Right, right. Um, she She basically just wants to. Uh, take a second and say like hey let, let's give a round of applause to all the contestants just you know so it's not all about trish and then um she goes on to say you know especially susan and this is when she kind of goes on her little diatribe like eh, this isn't the first time that susan's have lost to trish's and um <laughs> you know susan and then it won't be the last time susan and i will continue on until the women of pawnee are now and she's she's saying this and the, the camera pans over to susan yeah and she looks a little confused. Like, I don't like, and, and you think she'd, she'd be appreciative. Like Leslie's taken up her cause. And instead she's kind of like, you're bizarre. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're kind of going off course here a little bit. Um, and she kind of ends by saying, you know, and Trish, you know, hey, I mean, don't, I, don't drag me into your thing. Exactly. That's exactly. It's it. kind of like later when, when, when Brandy Max is always thinking Leslie, <laughs> and Leslie's like, please don't include me. <laughs> I see that same look on Susan's face here. Oh my God, dude, that is so perfect. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she kind of ends her speech saying, you know, Trish, I may not have voted for you, but now's the time for us to come together. And I, I, I hope Trish yeah. that you honor this crown with dignity and a devotion to all. And then you hear, and apparently uh, Trish and Jessica and one of the other contestants are now doing shots and laughing raucously. So, I, yeah. you know, you can see what kind of um, dignity yeah. they have. And Leslie's a little bit yeah, nonplussed she's at really, this. She's, she's going to honor the role for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So then we... So we I, I think from here now... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, it's all right. Um Actually, I just realized my notes cut off. Okay. All right. Those are the to continue seconds. seeing your notes, please deposit a quarter. I know. I, I didn't put my nickel in. So from here, I think we cut back to Ann's house. Um, isn't this where Andy's basically asking, will there be, be any dessert or coffee this evening? Yeah. Yeah. A Ann is is clearing the table and, and you can just feel... Yeah waves of goddamn it coming off of both mark and ann they're just not it's awkward they're not happy this has not gone smoothly at all um and you know yeah andy has the uh kind of the the nerve to be like you know as usual and a delicious meal are we doing anything in the way of dessert or coffee and ann's like i'm kicking your butt out is what's happening and or no she says you know we are leaving and oh, Andy's yeah. like oh yep i got it i can pick up on signals come on mark let's go like no not not mark <laughs> no just you dummy you. yeah and <laughs> she calls she, him a dummy yeah she well he deserves it he, well he deserved more than that yeah. but you know he got off light um she escorts him to the front door um mark is sitting at the table clearly uncomfortable outside it's still uh raining cats and dogs you know and and kind of sees him up, take care of yourself. And he and he's like, Don't worry about me. And all right, I'll be fine. And he walks away without looking back. And then 
the the end of that is uh the the documentary crew you know apparently has a camera down inside his pup tent i don't know how to manage that but um you know andy's laying down inside his pup tent trying to rain somewhere dry i guess and and andy despite everything that just happened he's cheerful he's full of energy and he's like that oh he's happy really well we had dinner i got to see her uh oh i i I had to walk so slowly i didn't look back but did she look at me was she watching me i had to walk so slow oh i wanted to look back oh this was such a good day like oh my gosh oh my gosh yeah he's not in any he's not in touch with any form of reality that exists he's clearly still in denial which again you know you feel sorry for him because he's he hasn't had his aha oh god this has really happened moment i I don't know why but he hasn't right right so at this point i think we we cut back for the last time to the pageant um and most everything is over at this point you know and officer dave arrives and, um, you know, he, he, he goes up to Leslie and she's like, oh, what are you doing here? And, and basically he says, well, look, you know, I, I asked you, remember, I asked you if you want to have coffee. And she's coffee. like, yeah. I'm like, and then, and then, and then we, we, we met again and you didn't seem like you wanted to have coffee. I'm like, yeah. Like we kind of left it up in the air. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable about that. So, you know, I just wanted a little, little clarity and you can tell Leslie's kind of, you know, hesitant and like oh you know my schedule just really busy and that's when he's just like look i'm i i i I like you i like coffee um (laughs) i i don't play games uh you know if if you want to have coffee he's a straight shooter with upper management written all over him is he ever (laughs) and uh and then he he just gives leslie his business card said look if you change your mind call me he turns to walk away and and i think we said this in the synopsis he he almost runs into trish and he goes he goes hey coming through buddy buddy fella (laughs) i think he says fella he said no he says buddy i i i I, I watched that like 10 times it just cracked me up and and trish is just like you know whatever he says he has no he doesn't even notice her right oh no she could be like a lamp and yeah. like, look, like, coming through, buddy. And yeah, Leslie's like, oh my God. I, you know, and you can just tell she's kind of beaming at him that she, yeah. I mean, I, I think part of it was just because he snubbed Trish. And I think she kind of secretly likes that. But, you know, I think she's kind of impressed. Um, well, I think then we're, we find ourselves at Leslie's office next day and she has called Mark using the business card, presumably. Or Dave, Officer Dave. She's called Dave using the business card, presumably. That's right. Um, officer Dave, uh, an out of uniform, uh, officer Dave. So oh, he's yeah. in the civvies. Cash. Yeah. He's cash as the, as the kids, uh, like to say there, Alan, um, he's cash and he walks into Leslie's office and he, you know, like he's clearly as a civilian and he's like, Oh, I got your message. And she's like, Oh, well, thanks for coming. Look, I'd love to go out with you. How about Friday? And at this point, you know, Dave is just mm. kind of like staring a little and smiling stupidly. And he's like, yeah, great. And this is one of my favorite parts of the whole show is he, there's a short pause. And then he kind of gets this look on his face. Like he realizes, Oh, uh, Hey, um, will, uh, and he, yeah. he turns to his left yeah, here it comes. And, and, and he proceeds to point at each of the pictures. And he says, uh, and his, so this is his intent. He's going to say, Hey, well, all these people who I'm about to name, cause I want to impress you. Will they be, uh, you know, joining us on our date? You know, because I mean, okay, clearly they're not because they probably can't make it, but he's trying to show off. And so he's doing this one picture at a time. He's like, he points to the first one 
and says, hey, will uh, Sandra Day O'Connor and points at a picture, Michelle Obama and points at a picture, Condoleezza Rice and points at a picture, Nancy Pelosi, he gets to Janet Reno, points at her, just for like three seconds, stares at her and said, will they be coming with us? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you caught that. I was going to see if you did. I'm surprised. Brilliant. Well, it, it is good, you know, but of all the ones to have missed, she she is the only one who's ever been portrayed by Will Ferrell in a dance party on Saturday Night Live. So that's I was true. a little surprised. That's true. Right? That's true. She, Janet Reno Dance Hour. Yep. I'm sure that's what Janet Reno is best known for. That's what I knew her for. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie is clearly impressed. I mean, despite him not knowing yeah. maybe he's done his homework. Yeah. yeah. It's like, a sweet, it's a sweet gesture for sure. Yeah, and then and then it kind of ends, and then uh, the only thing that's left then at this point is um, is the kicker, which I guess Tom is still at the pageant, <laughs> and and this was like I don't know the kicker's usually pretty short. There's like thirty seconds or so, and yeah, um, he, Tom's still in the in the the gathering of the contestants, the gaggle, if you will, and he's telling them. Hey, if you want to come over to my house and grill something, just it doesn't matter if I'm home or not. You come over whenever. Here's here's a copy of my house key, and he gives a copy of his house key to all of them, and then you have a Tom talking head, kind of narrating over video of himself doing other things, um, and he, he's telling the audience like, "Look, this is one of my favorite pickup strategies. I'm constantly giving women my keys." And like it shows him giving one to Trish. It shows him giving one to Anne at one yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, you know, so far, none of them have shown up, but you know, it's a matter of time. Um, and, and it, the camera follows Tom like at another scene, just like going to the key copy place and telling yeah. Craig who calls him Tommy. So clearly Those are called Craig, locksmiths, Mark, by the way, uh, that's just a key copy place. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the fancy names. Like I don't know Latin. So I don't know the fancy names like you do, Alan. Um, there, there's some great ludicrouses over there. Um, but <laughs> so but Craig's calling him Tommy. So clearly he's pretty familiar with him. He's like, yeah, yeah I need, I need 50 more copies, please. And then he, he ends it by saying, um, I have been robbed twice. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> end scene that was a great well that was that was a good episode and i think we, we did a good synopsis and yeah. uh, walk through the episode there so i agree well let's take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna give our scores all right sounds good all right we'll be right back my name is ron swanson this is an advertisement for jj's diner some have said that jj's diner is the unofficial meeting place of the political elite I don't know what that means. I do know that JJ's Diner is open 24 hours a day, and that breakfast food is the only food I need at any of those hours. My employee Leslie enjoys the waffles. I prefer large portions of bacon and eggs like most self-respecting people. Visit JJ's Diner often, preferably when I am not there. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. All right, Mark, I think uh, any last thoughts before we get to our scoring section? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that this has been a, a very interesting and good episode. And I think we uh, went through the synopses uh, pretty well. And I think it's time to kind of bring it home. All right, let's do that. You want to kick us off with uh, your score? You know what? Even better. I'll go first. Sounds great. Yeah. 
I, I like that you're such a giver. Well, I like that I'm a taker, but you know, <laughs> as, as uh, Gary Coleman says, uh, uh, different, whatever he says, <laughs> which you're talking a different story. Willis, I don't know. He yeah, says something know. about something about Willis. I, you can't trust that guy. Anyway. No. So th- this, uh, first, I just wanted to take a second and just kind of look at all the characters and just kind of give yeah. my, my opinion of, of, you know, how they did in this, in this episode. First of all, I know I already said this, but hats off to Aubrey Plaza. I, yeah. I, I, I think that this was a fantastic, this, this episode was a fantastic platform for her to demonstrate that she's, you know what, when you give her the opportunity, she can be a powerhouse character. Like she's oh, yeah. that good. And I think um, it's the first time that we've had this much April screen time. I'm certain. Yes. In fact. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And she did and, great. And we, and we saw that uh, a little bit uh, in, you know, in the previous episode, but, but even more here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and it continues to flesh out her character. And yeah, so I, I, I thought that that was very, very welcome. I thought that was a good move um, <clears throat> for Leslie. Um, you know, she stands up for her core beliefs and values. Uh, she she kind of comes through in the end and realizes the importance of someone's heart. You know, isn't that sweet with Officer Dave? So that's nice. Um, Tom, you know, it's funny. <laughs> even though he had some some cringiness and and some just uncomfortable you know moments in this episode, it didn't repulse me as much as it has in the past and i don't know if that's because i'm getting used to him i was gonna or say whatever. building of a tolerance maybe but it's like i i think i in the beginning i would see him do these things and i would just be like Ugh. like i i wouldn't i wouldn't like it and now i don't like the things that he's doing as the person that Aziz Sansari is portraying, but I kind of think it's funny now. And then maybe mm. that's because I'm getting used to it. I don't know why. Um, that wacky Tom. I know. Waggity, yeah. maggity do. And um, Mark, I've already talked about a little bit. I- I'm growing to like his demeanor. Yeah, he's turned little. a corner for sure. And he's becoming a much more likable character. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And, and you know, I think I've said at one point that Paul Schneider playing Mark Brandanowitz as kind of low key. I, I kind of questioned that at one point, like it didn't mm. really work for me. I, I kind of stand corrected because I, I see him doing that now, but it, in my opinion, it's more effective than it was in the past. And I kind of like it. Um, so hats off to you, Paul Schneider. Um, and you know, not, not a lot to talk about there. I think she's really frustrated with Andy. I think she's, this episode, she played a very much the straight man to people. And I mean, she's fine. I like Anne a lot, but there wasn't a lot to talk about in this episode. Um, Andy, uh, he was both ridiculous and grave. He was hilarious and heartbroken. Chris Pratt really did a good job, I think, in portraying like a lot of different things going on. Um, and, you know, uh, the, the, the great Alan quote from, uh, from season two you know, uh, for yeah, those viewers yeah, please, at home. Please laud me with stuff I've said before. Yeah, I know you like that. Yeah. Um, I, my, I gave you my PayPal account. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's social media, right? It, but it no, <laughs> I'm coming along. Um, you know, your quote from episode two of season one, these folks got to stay human or you're just not going to want to support them. And we we have to get there with Andy. Otherwise, we're just going to be like, you know what? Screw that guy. Yeah. And I think we're going to get there not quite yet, but but very soon. Well, again, I I think you know for anyone who's seen this series, we know that 
Anne was not who he was meant to be with. He will eventually get there. And right. that changes everything. Right. And then I want to end my character analysis with Ron Swanson. Because you know why? Because he's fucking missing. That's what he is, Alan. I just, I just, I have to take a moment. I'm, I'm kind of upset about this. Just, Do you need like a moment? Do you need a a bag of some sort to breathe into or i don't know what you do in a situation like this um obviously you of, pay the editor to take care of your your you know your language but other than that i don't know what language you're talking about but yeah um but actually you know what i did i did read something interesting so sorry for my little outburst there um <clears throat> i i uh this is in the entire parks and rec series yeah this is the only episode where ron swanson does not appear True, but yeah. he did get a credit. He's credited for every episode, but this yeah. is the only one where I believe he did not appear on screen. He, he didn't appear and I don't like it. I don't like it yeah. a bit. Is, uh, hold on. Okay. Um, <laughs> hmm, hmm. Okay. All right. All right. I think you've made your point clear. All right. Yeah. I, uh, I like that. Uh, so, okay. So uh, about this episode, you know, it, it, I, I think this was another really good season two episode. Uh, it did a good job of being pretty consistently funny. I, it took a little bit of a dip when we shift to the Mark and Anne subplot. I mean, it's getting not as much of a of a bear to get through, but I still am not a huge fan of it. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of a dip, but you know what? It it's it it continues the trend that I think the season two episodes began. It, it's it's made it's solidified Parks and Rec as a legit powerhouse sitcom. It's it's now. Yeah. I feel like now Parks and Rec is very much worthy of rubbing shoulders with the office. Um, yeah. I mean, we're only three episodes in, right. Of season right. two, which means we're really technically only nine episodes into the entire series. Right. So right. At this point, episode three in season two, a lot of shows have, are in the twenties. So, you know, we're still relatively new here. Right. Exactly. Um you know, and and so I've already talked a lot about the, the great genius moments of this episode. There's a lot of funny. There's a lot of heart. And, you know, I've talked about how I now like now that it's gotten a little bit more sophisticated. I like to use two yardsticks when judging it. I don't just like to do it according to the funny. They, I think, did really good on both yardsticks in this episode. Um, and, and, you know, Alan, I, I got to focus on this one more time, you know, when 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 you and I each morning, Alan, when we arrive at LFP Worldwide Headquarters, sure, and, and we have our suit and tie and well, our we briefcase. Park, well, first we park in our executive spots, right? Yeah, or that's right. Parking, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and we, uh, you know, we're I plug we're, in my electric car, right? And you chain your bicycle up. Yep, yep. yep. No one's stealing the Schwinn, and um, you know, we we get in there, and and uh, I know that one thing that you and I appreciate is that our intern Constantine every morning brings us donuts and and alan I've asked I, him to stop i i can't eat another donut well look you so your favorite is you can tell the audience what's your favorite donut jelly filled it's see i i knew that and so you like the jelly filled alan and, and myself i like i like the sprinkles you know although and, and a, go a good crawler on a on a on a normal day is also a good pretty good thing uh you make a good case but you know, I, I I can't. So I like sprinkles. I asked Constantine to get me sprinkle donuts, and I don't I don't I don't go for your jelly donut thing. But you know what? I can't just say overall that sprinkle donuts are 
superior to Jellyfield in every way. Sometimes Jellyfield has fresher ingredients, whatever. I mean, you could, you'd be wrong, but you could say it. Well, but you know what, Alan, gosh darn it, I'm a sprinkle guy. I like sprinkle. I've heard that about you. And, and (laughs) (laughs) I walked right into that. So, you know what? Nope. I'm going to, I'm going to maintain my demeanor. Yep. I'm going to keep moving. Um, Alan, Ron Swanson is and will always be the sprinkles on my Parks and Rec donut. (laughs) Mark, you know what? There are those jokes that go a really long way around to finally get to the end. (laughs) This was one of them. But (laughs) nice job. Yeah. I I have a gift somewhere of a guy clapping. I'll play it for you. Do I also get $600 in gift certificates for a fence? It will it will offset the cost of the fence. Just to it'll defray it. Yeah. It will defray it. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So, Alan, en- enough of these shenanigans. You know, I I, I got I hear it. So, my final score. It was tough. Coming. Are you going to give a number? Finally, I, I've I know. I <laughs> for those of you that have, have stayed awake through all this, I, it was tough though. I look. I use calculus. Uh, Constantine brought in schematics and Bunsen yeah. burners. It was a chore. So here's here's the math. All right. I gave it a four for a base score. So not yep. bad as a start, but we got some bonus points. Okay. I'm going to give a no bonus point. and points, clearly. <laughs> Sorry, too soon. <clears throat> I'm going to give a point for the return of Dave Sanderson. Okay. He brought both the funny and the heart, so an extra bonus point there. I'm going to give another bonus point for Aubrey Plaza absolutely killing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to give another bonus point to Mark and Ann for not only making me not completely dislike them, but also for Mark's demeanor, which I'm starting to warm to. So for those of you who know calculus, four plus one plus one plus one, we're up to seven. Now, Alan, if I, if I, if I stopped here, this would be my high score. Yeah, it would. But I'm going to do something unprecedented. Mm. And I'm going to demerit coming on. I'm going to subtract a point. (laughs) You know why? I do. Because no, you say it. Because Ron f***ing Swanson is completely missing. It's boo. It's wrong. It's just wrong. I don't like it. I don't know where my bacon is. And now I hate everything. Well, not everything, but okay. You really so he, hate that he wasn't here, though. I hate that. Well, you know what it was? Last episode was so Ron-tastic. Yeah. And now it's just nice. like I'm going through withdrawal symptoms. So four plus one plus one plus one minus one. Is the graph right? Yeah. Now yeah. we're we're at six little Sebastians. That's my final score. Not bad. No, actually, bad it's pretty all. good. I mean, I, so so normally, you know, you've got a very complicated math scheme. We've, we're clear on that. Uh, I'm going to share mine finally. I've never shared it before, but usually Please. what I do is I just take your score and I add half a point. Um, <laughs> I knew it. Usually. Constantine, but, did you know that? Yeah, I did. But today we're not doing that. Oh, Just like oh. you've introduced a new thing here where you can also take points away. I think this is a first for us to do that. Um, I I might head in the same direction. Yeah. So your final score was a six, correct? Yes, sir. My score is also a six. So. Oh, <laughs> oh you zigged when I thought you were going to zag. I, 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 I fought this one pretty hard. I, I think my original instinct was to go with a five. And as I prepared for the, because uh, I just didn't love it. You know, it didn't dislike it as much as one or two of those episodes in season one that I've whined about. But 
um, I think of the season two episodes, I've kind of looked ahead and said, oh my gosh, there's some, even in season two, there's some really good stuff here. Uh, this, this among that list of those episodes, this is not one of them for me. So I was really inclined to just kind of go, boom, we're, we're going to shoot right in the middle of this thing. We're going to give it a five. But I think, you know, some of the points you made and in my own preparation, I, I you know, there was some heart here I'd honestly forgotten about until I rewatched this episode a little bit and, yeah. and for a second time, in fact, and, you know, kind of watching a little bit more exposition and the deleted scenes. I wish I'd had access to a director's commentary here. I didn't, I agree. Um, but, you know, again, for some of the same reasons that you added some of the, your pluses, I, I would say that's what got me back from a five to a six. So I, I think for, for us this week, it's a tie six little Sebastians. Wow. It, it like like you said i think last last episode it, it never ceases to amaze me how we have such different systems um yeah mine's mostly based on plagiarism but in yours is <laughs> actually based on real work so we didn't you know, do it that different but you know i'll say again to our viewing audience uh yeah, they're not viewers decide to disagree um <laughs> I, I i am waiting for the episode where we're going to differ Okay. Because I know it, like I know it's got to happen, and it's like I. It, it seems so silly, but every single time that we get ready to give our scores, I'm, I get a little trepidatious. I'm like, "Is this going to be it?" Well, and we don't we don't share. We do not share. Well, I don't think we've ever compared notes. Maybe one time, like first or second episode, but that was we were we were just doing this, and we still didn't know what that. Not like we do now. We didn't know what we were doing. Uh, we're we're totally pros now, clearly. Uh, right. But. But we don't share those. And so it will be interesting to see. And, you know, I think and I think there's going to be opportunity for that uh, that disparation, if you will, to happen yet this season. So we'll see. Right. I agree. I agree. Only way to know is to tune in and watch the podcast. I mean, listen to the podcast. Damn it. Uh, you 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 had it right. Yep. I did. Yeah, I did. Completely agree. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Well, I, this was a good episode. Thank you, Mark. I think we, 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 this was a good one to walk through and I, yeah. I'm looking forward to next week. I am too. I think it's going to be great. Next week, we'll be back with Practice Date and uh, Season 2, Episode 4. Yep. I'm it's going to be fantastic. To Me too. All right. See everybody. Bye. Bye. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompony.com for more details or to contact us.